Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue Show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube. And we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. <laughs> Natalie Kerwin has done more cool shit in 90 seconds than I've done in my entire life, and it was captured there. Natalie Kerwin, I'm not going to waste any time. Just welcome. It's great to have you finally. That might have been the coolest video I've ever seen. Do you know what we do here? Ben Augusta is the best producer in the world. I try not to, you know, I usually whisper it because I don't want anyone like knocking on his door. And he, sure. he has like the Scientology non-compete. Like if he leaves, I'll, I'll kill him. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's <laughs> a billion year contract. Yeah. So he doesn't even try. But uh, it's great to have you finally, honestly. Oh my gosh! Well, thank you so much for having me. That's a lot of research, by the way, to go into the video and, and there's so get, much. <laughs> there you, is. You've been doing this for like ten minutes, and it's like, how do you do all this cool stuff? You're all over the place, but I'm really not that surprised because you're a product of Michigan State. This is what we do. We we're a conveyor belt of talent. We've had a lot of you know Ryan Field is chief among them, maybe, but we're a conveyor belt in East Lansing, and that's what we do, right? It's exactly what we do. Go green, go white, baby. That's this, right. This feels like home in here. Like, looking around, like, you guys would have no idea, like, all the people <laughs> watching out there, I swear, his house, like, this room is just, it's just full of green and white. I just, I love it. It's a bit of a snake pit. Yeah, I remember <laughs> yeah. we were, like, picking the logo for Spiro Avenue and the colors and stuff, and I already have all this Michigan State stuff, and I'm like, okay, green and white, you know? So it's, we're going with the flow. And it makes it nice and easy. So, you know, you're you're at home in this Michigan State space. I think you're at home on a microphone. You're you're natural. You're still so early in your career, but you're just rolling this stuff off like it's nothing. I'm fascinated by that and the talent of that. I want to start here though, and I had a different direction I wanted to start, but I got to go into the Lions a little bit because you had the tweet out today. Our Bally Sports did. You were down at training camp today, so I want Ben to roll a little bit of a clip from that, and then I want to get your reaction to it and take me through that a little bit. Ben, let's roll. Natalie at Lions training camp today. Natalie Kerwin here at Detroit Lions training camp here in Allen Park. A lot of fans here in the stands, a lot going on. Let's see what's up. There's a lot of hype around this team this year and for good reason. We want to ask Lions fans what they're most excited about for this year. We got two words for this year, Super Bowl. I think they're going to do really good in the season, a lot better than last year. I'm excited for some wins. Possibly some playoffs. In my opinion, staying healthy, and that's a big thing, knock on wood, that they will all win the division. I, first of all, I resent that he knocked on your head. Is the, is the one? I don't know. Is that like a backhand? Me and Rob are cool. He's he's awesome, Rob. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll take the head knocking. He from gets him. a pass. So, I mean, was that like a heavily edited thing where there half the people there are saying, oh, same old lines? Or is that kind of the vibe there? Are people like pumped or what's going on? Yeah. No, I personally, I've been a lifelong Lions fan. Like, I mean, that's, and we can get into it later, but the Lions are kind of why I even got into this career. I've just been a huge football fan from a young age, four or five years old. Like that's the Kerwin household was like lines every Sunday. And if you're not home to watch it or at Ford Field, like something's wrong. Like you can't religion there. pretty much it is. You know, we we preach that in our household. But no, I truly believe like the hype this year. I just haven't seen anything like it. And I usually go to training camp at least once every year, even before I started working here, I always would go with my dad. And you just, you know, it's always fun to go, but I truly haven't felt like fans believed 
in this team as much as they do right now. And for good reason, the way they finished the end of the year last year, the way we drafted, um, there's a lot to be excited about. So I felt like this was the best turnout I had been to. And it was a joint practice as well. But it just it feels like fans really believe in this group. And if this team can actually like take that hype and and feel the whatever Dan Campbell said, feel the weight underneath their wings and go with it. Like, I don't know what this town's going to do. It's going to be crazy. We're dying for it. I mean, we're, we really are. And, you yeah. know, my friend Natalie Sparbeck, different Natalie, similarly yeah. talented and, and wonderful and great in the Lions space. She was just in recently and she's much like you, you know, raised on it, loves it and really eats it up. But her dad has gone completely jaded. He's in that like SOL. I can't take it anymore. Like, I hope they do well, but just no hopes up. Is your dad who raised you in this still in that kind of like, let's get it this year? Or is he more, you know, I don't know, dinged up from the years of not succeeding <laughs> to the level he, he might hope? Yeah, not at all. Like my father, Jeff Kerwin, he is the biggest Lions fan I know. He's the reason I'm the way that I am. And my grandpa, he's the same way on both sides of my family. I mean, even extended family, we are all just on the Lions train and we're riding it through the good and the bad, through the <laughs> through the bad seasons, through the good seasons. So we're we're hype. We're feeling good. My dad was just texting me earlier. He's like, so ready for the preseason game tomorrow because we have <laughs> season tickets. So he's just he's always ready. And I'm always very lucky if I get to go with him. But I have to split the tickets between my mom, my brother and I. So I only get a few games a year. But <laughs> is it wild for your parents? I kind of think like, you know, my daughter's is, you know, seven. So it's hard to picture. But I got to think it's kind of wild that there's if they're already big Detroit sports fans and they're sitting at home, it's like, oh, oh there's like Natalie. Is that wild for them? What is that like for them? Like just to see me on TV. Just or your, just like, yeah, stuff. they're big Detroit sports fans. Like there you are. I, that's got to be kind of wild for them. right? Yeah, no, it is like they don't miss a single game. They are always like whether it's I'm on a, our pregame show or I'm the reporter for that game or it's a new feature story I just put out. Like they're the first ones to be watching it, texting me, great job, sweetie, you know, sharing it on Facebook for their friends to see and just always encouraging me, just my biggest supporters. So I think they're they're used to it now. But at first it was like, whoa, this is crazy. And they probably still feel a little bit of that. But I think it's a little bit of second nature to them now in a way. So. I, I think you're, you're at least familiar with my friend Chris Castellani. Yep. I don't know. You've met maybe. Or... I have. I've interviewed okay. him. You've interviewed opening Chris. Day, yes. OK. I, yeah, we had fun. He gave us his whole opening day. Yes. Opening day. This year. Yeah, he gave us all his predictions for this season. And I can't remember how we answered, honestly. We talked to so many different people. It's a crazy day. But yeah, yeah no, I got to meet him then. He was great. It's it's interesting because I, I joke with him, you know, he's made a, his living in the tiger space, and that's how he, you know, blew up and ended up graduating the bar stool. And, you know, he's been in this, you know, rebuild phase for the whole time. And, you know, you're working across the different teams. I think it's kind of cool that you've resonated even when teams have been sort of building up towards being good. And I think if you get into a place where, you know, the Lions, let's say they cash in and they win 11 games and they're hosting a playoff game and you're down there, the Tigers next year, they're in a pennant chase or, you know, they're, you know, even if it's on the outer edges of the pennant race, they're there next year. I think your resonance in a down period says a lot to where like, man, you got to be looking forward to when things are kind of perking up, right? Oh my gosh. That I just cannot wait. I think about it all the time and it's like, you know, 
everyone goes through the highs and lows and you have to be able to go through the adversity and then it makes the wins and the success so much more sweeter. And I just, I think about that, you know, like when I hear my grandpa talk about the, you know, 84 world series with the tigers and just the wings and all their success and just, you know, thinking about the possibility of the lions finally reaching there one day and, you know, pistons too getting back to it. So you know, going through these rebuilds right now, you know, it has its highs and lows and you just you learn to get through it. But I'm just appreciative to see these teams trying their best. And I think at some point when their hard work comes to fruition and they see that success through a championship, it's going to be incredible. I seriously I think about it all the time, how amazing it'll be because this city is dying for some championships. I mean, Detroit. It's the best sports town. It is. We might be a little biased, Justin. We are. I'm it's just a sleep, saying. Sleep, we're sleeping giants. <laughs> we I mean, are. We haven't had any success here it's in a long burn time. This city, I say that it will. Uh, I mean, <laughs> well, do you? Let's say the Detroit Lions are hosting a playoff game this year. I don't like Bally doesn't have the broadcast rights for the Lions. Like, are you going to be on assignment? Are you going to be there as a fan? Or what's like, what do they do with you in that capacity? Yeah. So unfortunately, we so we do all Pistons, Tigers, Red Wings. We don't do a ton of Lions. I so wish we did, but they're you know on on national broadcasts, Fox, NBC, all of that. So those national um, networks pick up all the Lions games. But we're lucky that we do the preseason games. So I don't know how much involvement I'll really have. If anything, it's more of the kind of the digital stuff that we showed at the beginning, like me being there, maybe showing what the day is like. Yeah. And that's kind of cool, too, for people who don't get maybe to go to training camp or some of these games, what, what the atmosphere is like, who these fans are, these crazy fans. So if anything, it'll be a little bit of that. But um, you know, if we did host a playoff game this year, I will definitely be there regardless, whether uh, it's media or as a fan. I was saying it as a good thing. <laughs> I wasn't going to say like, oh, bummer, like you don't get to work. And I was going to yeah. say, that's awesome. No, it's The good. one silver lining is you can be down there with Andy Isaac and I like slamming sausages and partying. <laughs> It'll be an absolute <laughs> zoo down there. Oh, for sure. That's been my, my dream since I was a little kid. I used to talk about it with my dad when I was growing up. Like, oh man, wouldn't it be cool to just host a playoff game in Detroit? Oh my I mean, I, I was technically alive, but I was like two when it happened. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I certainly don't remember it. So I haven't seen that. It'll be so crazy down there. So I hope for your sake, you're not working. I, it'd, be, it'd be like, it'd be more fun yeah. to, you know, pull up at the Andy Isaac tailgate, wherever that guy is. I'm, <laughs> I'm there. Find is this my invite? Oh, 100%. Is this my official invite? Well, I mean, he, he, Andy, Andy did not invite me, but I invited myself. So if you so want to be going. like, 100%. All right. Yeah. We're I, there. <laughs> I told him, I don't care where he is. I, I, like I said, if you're in a porta potty that day, slide over, we're hanging out. <laughs> Because I want to be, I mean, do you know Andy Isaac? I, I don't, but I've followed him on Twitter. Does he know of him? his humor, yes. Yeah. For sure. That guy, I don't <laughs> care where he is. Like, I will be next to him, whether he likes it or not. So you can glom onto me and, and we'll leech off his energy together. Because I, I have to be in his stratosphere for that day. So the <laughs> the Tiger stuff is where, that's where I first saw you. And I, I saw your name and like heard your stuff because I followed the Michigan State com arts journalism stuff like i'm a nerd for it i just yeah. i like root for michigan state people so i oh, like kind of knew we're who you were from before and i saw I knew you were like writing and stuff and you have the journalism school background and all that but the most exposure i've seen yes i've seen the pistons as well but is the tiger stuff just being down there what has that been like like being around the ballpark all summer do you enjoy that experience like just being outdoors amongst the fans you have kind of a cool role there I do. Yeah. You know what? I live and breathe it. I mean, I absolutely love what I do. And just I guess we'll just start with the Tigers. Yeah. This whole season, 
even if I'm not sideline reporting or doing some sort of story at the ballpark that day, I still like to go just and sit with my coworkers. Or I'll just be up in the press box taking notes, getting ready for whatever my next series may be. I mean, I like it's almost I, I live and die by it. Like I, just this job, like I love being around it. Same thing with Pistons. Like even if I'm not reporting that day, I still love to go down to LCA, just watch, see how the teams are doing. I feel like you got to be, they say, be around the ball, be around the team just to kind of understand what's going on all the time. And I'll watch it at home too and turn on the game. But I, if I can be there, I love being there. So I guess just with the Tigers this year, it's it's been awesome. Like my first full season actually doing the in-game reporting and also the features with the guys and getting to know them. So like kind of what we saw at the beginning of the intro video you had, I've gone putt-putting with Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green, but I've also done some more just normal sit-downs, getting to know their stories with just whoever player it may be and I kind of love having that hybrid role where I'm doing both like that's what I think is so cool about the position that I'm in I guess I call myself a hybrid reporter in a way because I get that experience with you know all three teams that we have and and I get to just know the guys so being down there is so fun for me and this team specifically this year it's just a fun clubhouse to be around like the guys are just they're awesome they're they're easy to talk to and even through the ups and downs of a season, like they are just, they're always willing to speak to us media and be friendly. And I love it. And that makes it for a much more enjoyable experience for, for us. Well, let's go a little deeper in your putt putt game. Yeah. We, it, was, it was teased <laughs> briefly in the, in the intro, but we did a little bit of a longer cut from that. Ben, let's, let's, let's you throw did? up the, well, I, I thought it was hilarious. It was a great video. You doing uh, a putt 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 game with uh, Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green. This was actually a hilarious video. We did a little cut of it. Ben, can you throw that up for us? Well, we're golfing with the boys. Natalie with Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson. After practice, no way, uh, no better way to spend the afternoon than golfing 18 with these guys. How are we feeling? Good. Green, your ball. I'm definitely going to win. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're off to a great start. Hammer or nothing. All right, here we go. Oh, oh. she actually hammered it. Oh my God. Yeah, play that as a lot. I'm not no. listening. Oh, okay, yep. We're going to make her play it. <laughs> we tied that. Oh gosh. Oh. Whoa. That was a good I love that. The, uh, that was great. great. Up and down. Give me a good bounce. Oh, are you kidding me? I can't be stopped. I hate this. Thank You're getting you. riled up, no pun intended. So I think if I recall, you finished second, right? Did, yeah. Did, was it Riley that won? No, it was Tort. How did Riley get third place there? What's, what did he have to say about that? Dude, he he was choking, man. Like, it was... That was a <laughs> bad performance. I did on the front nine. I redeemed myself on the back nine. He was the opposite. He just, I don't know. It, so I only beat him by a stroke, but... To this, take the win. I Oh, I will take the wins when I can. And it's so funny. Their lockers are next to each other in the clubhouse. And to this day, I think last time I was even in there, you know, you're going around, you're talking, everyone catching up. And Torque's like, uh, you know, he was talking to me about golfing because I've been getting into golfing this summer, like actual golf, not just putt putt. And we'll be talking and then Riley will say something. And Torque's like, what was that? Oh, wait, Natalie beat you at putt putt earlier this year. That's, yeah, that's right. I, I would. <laughs> 
pipe down over there. And it just, it kills me every time because he won't let it go. And then Spencer jokes that he's he still has the scorecard and is going to hang it in Riley's locker. And he's like, please don't, dude. I cannot deal with this anymore. He's got to make photocopies of that because, I mean, Riley might tear it up. So I, you got to make sure, put up a photocopy in the, in the clubhouse. That was, yeah, that was just such a good time. You could see in that video too, like they're just, they, they're down to earth guys. They love just having fun. And that was down at spring training earlier this year. And it was just, I had such a good time and I love that I beat Riley. So when they were coming up <laughs> through the minors together, there were multiple articles about, especially right after Torkelson had been drafted, Riley was already, you know, in the system that they were becoming fast friends, that they became really close. Are they good friends? Do you feel now? Is that relationship still intact from what we heard about two, three years ago? Oh, yeah. And funny enough that you asked me that on our pregame show a few weeks ago, I literally got them on camera before the game talking about their bromance. Like, I'm like, you guys are besties. How did it start? Like, you came up together and they're like, dude, we're even closer than when we first met. Like, immediately we just clicked. We got similar personalities. I mean, their lockers are next to each other. They live together in spring training. They're talking about living together next year, maybe. Like, they're super close. And you know, they're always close to each other in the lineup. And I don't know if AJ does that on purpose. I think we kind of asked him about that, too. Like, do you always put the besties next to each other? But it, it works out that way, obviously, too, just putting them back to back. But, um, yeah, I just they're they're as close as you'd think. Nothing's fake about it. They're just they're two awesome dudes that are doing really well. So, it, I mean, not even just them, but because you have a lot of features like that, you know, kind of fun stuff and get to know guys. Yeah. Is there sort of a a switch where okay camera's on i'm going to you know yuck it up and then the second the camera's off they kind of like all right get me out of here like does it seem like a pretty cool group of guys in general like they they seem to be like genuinely into that yeah is that a fair read oh it's totally a fair read they are all seriously that clubhouse is like just the most down to earth cool guys they're willing to talk to you about just what they're working on, how they spent their off day, what they like to do. And then you just get to know them as people, too, because at the end of the day, yeah, they're athletes and they're going to go out there and do their thing. But they're humans like you and I and they got their likes and dislikes. And I think when they, you know, get to know you a little bit better, me, this being my second season, I guess for sure, but first season really doing like getting in the clubhouse and getting to know them. Um, they've, you know, learned to trust me and in the conversations that we have and they just open up about stuff. And that's what makes it um, my job easier, too. So I can go on air and kind of tell these cool stories or, you know, different things that happen to them and, and share that with the fans. Has it sunk in for you at all that you are professionally covering Miguel Cabrera in his last season, arguably the greatest Detroit Tiger ever, one of the all-time greats. Has that process for you or been on your radar at all as you've proceeded through this year? You know, it's, I feel like it's, I like that you asked me that because I feel like I don't think about that enough. It really is crazy. Like he just had another crazy milestone last night. I think he was 19th on the all-time hit yeah, list. He just hit that. Yeah. 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 I mean, this guy is is breaking all sorts of records and he just when you look at him, he really I mean, he is one of the best to ever do it. And it's sometimes I forget to kind of sit back and be like, wow, I get to go talk to this guy almost every day. I get to watch him play every day. And this is the last year that we're going to see it. But he's an incredible human being, the nicest guy, always willing to talk as well. Um and it's just cool to see the way he rallies that group together. I mean, he's the voice of that clubhouse and they just 
you can hear the crowd too when you're at games like when Miggy's up to bat it's like everyone's dialed in like this is a guy that we're never going to forget and it's been really special to be able to watch him and I think you know now that you ask me this I'll probably start thinking about it more you know it's a good thing that's a good thing I do it hits me time to time but I think as we get maybe towards the end of this month and we're really getting towards the end of the season it'll be like wow this really is the last time that we're gonna see a guy do what he does um you know on a day-to-day basis so you'll have a lot of cool stories from your career and especially from this year you know we highlighted just that video cup alone it's like there's 15 cool things you did but in my mind if i'm picturing you 70 years from now, you're like, you know, port swing and you have like your grandkid on your lap, like that loves baseball. Like the story is going to be, you know, hey, your grandma covered Miguel Cabrera in his last season. Like that is my takeaway. Like if I'm picturing you 100 years from now, it's like that's that's your port swing story from yeah. this year. You're going to have a lot. But I am envious of you in a way, even though I don't work, you know, in a traditional media sense. This is kind of my Wayne's world when I'm not doing my day job stuff. But it is really cool that you get to do that. Like that is just, you're covering one of the greats and I, I'm sure Bally's going to be doing all sorts of stuff that you're going to be, you know, helping relay sort of in that last, you know, couple of weeks, his last game for sure at Comerica Park. And it's just, I think that's such a cool thing you get to do. I'm really envious. I got to admit, it's just awesome. Yeah, no, it's, it seriously is so cool. And we have a lot of different things in the works, especially for that very last series. And I think the Tigers themselves have a lot of fun things planned too. Um, it's, yeah, it's super special. I love seeing the creativity of my coworkers at Bally and kind of the documentaries and things that they're putting together. And just throughout this season too, we, we make sure to throw in a Miggy moment in every single Tigers game. Um, and you know, show different highlights from throughout the years and, and funny things. And, um, you know, I just, it, it really is so cool. And, thinking about yeah my porch moment like all these years from now i mean that really will be at the top if you think about it like i feel like i'm i'm just getting started kind of in this crazy sports world but that will definitely be in my top you know memories i guess looking back one day on everything like covering a guy like that it's it's awesome i, I mean i remember being a kid in the virgin <laughs> islands and i met this old reporter from the boston globe and i mean he was talking about uh, yeah, like his last year, he was you know, the, like the guys he was covering in his last year and he had retired, I think, like early 90s. But he was talking about, you know, I covered uh, Barry Bonds rookie year and I like, you know, I, I covered Cal Ripken's streak, you know, was he came back out of retirement for like one month to cover the last, you know, the culmination of the streak and stuff and then went back into retirement. And like that's this guy was probably 80 or something or 82. Yeah. But that that kind of stuff is what, you know, really resonates, I think going forward and you know the pup puck golf stuff's awesome but like the cabrera stuff is that's all time that's like i'm telling the grandkids stuff so i want to transition to this this is my i don't know i have a couple of topics i like to circle back to every couple of months that are just really interesting to me and the women in sports media topic is something i i've cared about for a long time going back to michigan state and it's cliche to say is a father of a daughter but like i care about this stuff too the perception somewhat negative for some people i think it's still out there not like it used to be not when i was coming up even you know when i was at school at michigan state but you know we ben can you throw up one of the more appalling national <laughs> examples of this the matt wall street which went viral was about two years ago now he says yes i said i don't like female analysts and reporters in football no i don't care if that upsets you no i don't apologize Yes, I think women are feminizing traditionally male spaces. 
Yes, I think that's bad. Yes, I'm right. No, your whining doesn't change any of this. That went viral. And then the Daily Wire, who was his employer, ended up hiring a female sports broadcaster like the next month. And then he had to delete the tweet, which was kind of interesting. Um, and this is uh, throw up the uh, Kevin McDonald tweet about sports and women in media in general. This was a great sort of weighing in on this. There's no way to win if you're a woman on camera. There's no acceptable level of hot. Either you're too hot and they undermine you with you only got the job because of your looks or you're not hot enough and you shouldn't even be on their screens. How dare you? This really resonated with me. And when this first came out, you know, that was 2020. The Matt Walshing was in 21. I had Kennedy Broadwell, a friend of mine, really talented broadcaster. This was her reaction. And I want to get your reaction, her reaction in this whole thing. Ben, throw up Kennedy Broadwell reacting to this whole thing and what it's like for her working as a woman in media and specifically sports media. That's exactly how you feel every single day doing this job. There are people that will love you just because of how you look. There are people that are going to hate you because you're not hot enough to be on their screen. And then there's people that think you just slept your way there. And that's pretty much your options. Swear yeah. to you. Um, obviously, I can't say like everyone is that way because there's obviously good people in the industry, yourself included, I appreciate who um, want to give girls a chance. And you sat down with me before we started and said, I want to talk to you because you know about sports. But there's people that genuinely think girl, girl, dumb, can't understand sport like <laughs> yeah. man world. No girl <laughs> like makeup only. So, so obviously pretty cynical view. I mean, just throwing it in your lap, what has been the reception for you? Have people been mostly positive? Do you get that, like, oh, girl talking sports stuff? Like, what is it like for you? Because you're working in a different capacity from Kennedy and some others. Right. Well, it's interesting, first of all, I guess, just to hear her reaction. Um, I guess I, I hope she hasn't gone through any of that personally or too much of it if she has received she has, any of that yeah. address. Right. Yeah. I guess she just kind of put that out there. But I feel... I feel lucky in a sense with both jobs I've had, um, the second one being Valley Sports Detroit, I haven't dealt with too much of that. And I feel incredibly lucky because there are so many stories and females that come out saying that they get these comments, they get these DMs. And not to say I've never gotten a mean DM or a mean comment. I get them here and there. I mean, I just got some a few weeks ago, last Tiger series that I was on. Like, I'll get people that DM me like, um, you know, just you're not good at your job. You suck at your job. You'll get comments on like, you know, in-game hits. We'll tweet out and people will comment like, why is she on the screen? I mean, I don't see it too often, but I do get it. And it's like, I try and look at that stuff and I'm like, really, Jim, like you have no life. Like I just try and laugh at it. You have to have such thick skin in this industry. And I remember, I mean, hearing this time and time again in my classes at Michigan State, like I feel like that's a th that's a topic they talk about with us now in our classes. Like, yeah, you're learning how to write and broadcast and do all the things to be successful in this sports world. But they're also telling you things to like look out for, like real world stuff. This is what you should expect. This is the grind you're going to go through. You're going to hear from haters. You're going to learn. You're going to have to learn how to deal with it. And it's hard. Like, I'm a girl. I'm sensitive. And of course, some of those comments get to me and I'm like, really? Like, but that's one person out of. 30 that commented that I did a great job and that's what I try and and 
remember at the end of the day like that one comment doesn't matter so I'll usually just block those people and I'm like you know what whatever so I have a little bit of a block list I guess on Twitter and Instagram but I try not to let it get to me but I guess to Kennedy's point and just reading those tweets that we had up there too like I think it's always something that we're going to have to deal with this started as a male-dominated industry but there's so many women in it now, and I love it more and more every year. I'm like, I want to tell all these men or whoever, you know, th- whoever doesn't like the way the sports industry is going. I kind of just feel like I have to say I'm sorry. The world's changing, and this is how it's this is how it's going to be. There's more females taking these roles, and I love it. And just because we're females doesn't mean we don't know sports. We do know sports, and you know, I mean, I guess it's. I don't know. It's if you know sports, you know sports and you get the job because you deserve it. And I feel like I I work really hard and I'm super passionate about it. And I want to tell people's stories and and learn something new about whatever sport I'm covering every day and and prove that I belong to be here. So I think I'll, every female in this industry feels that way. But um, yeah, I think it's a battle we're always going to face. There's always going to be guys that don't think we belong here, but we so do. And I will keep saying that till the day I die. <laughs> I, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't get away with that with some of the, the women I sat with. Cause like Natalie Sparbeck knows way more about the lines than I do. So yeah. if I try to pull any like dude rank on her, she'll slap me around with facts. Sure. It'll get, it'll get <laughs> ugly facts. It'll yeah. go badly for me. Yeah. I love that they're, um, Talking about it at Michigan State, you said. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know that they weren't when I was there, you know, because it's not like I took every single class that was offered, obviously. Right. But I don't recall that as part of the curriculum. I think that's awesome that they're leaning into that. Yeah. No, there was a newer class that they um, that they started offering towards the end of my time at MSU. And I was lucky to take it my senior year. It was like a sports journalism ethics like real life situations class it was super cool joanne gerstner great professor that i had there um she offered this class and it was cool she had former students and msu alum email her like real life situations or you know joanne would find different tweets or like different situations out in the sports media world and we'd talk about it and just have a conversation as a class there were guys in that class and girls and we'd all just analyze these different scenarios and just you know joanne would be like this is the real world right now like girls this is what you got to look out for guys same thing like here's how we learn from them and i felt like that was such a cool class like where you just got to hear about real life stuff like you're going to use this knowledge and this advice like learning from other people and just how to handle things i feel like you kind of just get thrown into the sports world and you got to kind of learn on the fly i feel like that goes for any career like you just you can talk about it as much as you want, but then you're thrown into it and it's like, what do I do? I feel like that class kind of gave me some advice heading into the actual adult world in a sense. So it was pretty cool. Did you ever have L.A. Dickerson? Yes, she was. I was going to oh, say shout out L.A. Dickerson to the most incredible professor as well. Both of those two were my my heroes, my my people getting through the sports journalism school. So they were they were awesome. Joanne came after. I was already long gone. Uh, she was working in media here locally. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she was teaching anywhere at that point. Maybe she was, but certainly not at Michigan State. But L.A. Dickerson, that's my girl. Dan Dickerson's wife, for those that don't know, although I, I joke, Dan Dickerson is her husband more than the other way around. <laughs> L.A. may be the real star of that marriage, but L.A. was awesome. I don't know if she did this with you, but uh, when we were, and I'm paraphrasing the story a little bit, but she told us the story of she was on assignment and she's, it was about 
homelessness or homeless people in a certain area or something like that. And she bought a sandwich for someone and her editor, I think it was, was saying, you can't ever do that. You're interjecting in the story. And she said, basically, fire me then. Like, I'm not going to not feed a hungry person. And she told us, look, I don't care. There is a, you know, such a thing as journalism ethics and all that's important. But you're a human being first. And if you don't care and if you don't have a heart, just get out now. And that was like that always resonated with me. But she was an awesome, awesome professor. And what a testament to Michigan State generally. Like, that school is just awesome. You get people like L.A. Dickerson, who's an absolute rock star. I'm, I'm thrilled that you had her. No wonder why yes. you're so good. Yeah. I mean, LA, LA is <laughs> awesome. L.A. I love right? L.A. Dickerson. That's why we're here. <laughs> she is awesome. Oh is she gosh. still teaching up there? I know she, she was. Is. Okay. Yep. Yep. She's awesome. And she's so great about keeping in touch with her alum too. Like it's like we're her like kids. Like I talk to her all the time and I guess especially cause I'm around Dan every day at the ballpark too. So she's always around. So I see her often, but truly, you know, her and Joanne, both of them, I thank them so much for making me into who I am. And just that whole journalism school too. I had countless other professors as well that were just amazing in helping mold me into who I am. But, you know, just, I guess with LA specifically too, just the, all the classes that I had with her and just the the life advice and still keeping in touch with us to this day and, and wanting you to get that internship so bad, just as much as you do, you know, like in the context that she had, I mean, she's so willing to help you in any way, shape or form and call a certain somebody, set up a job shadow. Like she did that for me so much. And I just, I can't, thank her enough for how incredible she was to me and still is to this day. So shout out LA, right? And, and I got to say, <laughs> and LA may be the star. What a power couple though. Dan oh, Dickerson absolutely. is unbelievable. I, I mean, going from Ernie Harwell to Dan Dickerson. I mean, it's mm -hmm. like the Yankees when they handed center field from DiMaggio to Mickey Mantle. Like right. it's just, it's unbelievable that we got, we went from like the best guy to the best guy. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the shoes that Dickerson and Dan Dickerson had to fill were insane. And I would not want that. I, I mean, I would want to be the guy to replace the guy that replaced Harwell. I don't want to be the one after Harwell. Such a hard assignment. And he did it. And I've heard, I've never met him for more than five seconds. I've heard Dan Dickerson's the nicest guy in Detroit sports media. Is that your experience too? Way he's, up there. He's, yeah, he's one of the nicest people I think I've ever met. Every time I see him, Natalie, how are you? Biggest smile on his face, just like LA. Like, that's why they are a power yeah. couple. Oh, yeah. Two of the nicest people that you'll ever meet. Like, just always greeting you, asking you how you are. And Dan is so helpful, too. Like, he'll, you know, he taught, um, I don't know if you knew this, he started teaching a play by play class up at MSU, too. Yes. It when? was like a six week course. Yes. Oh I never God. took it. I, I believe it started my senior year, junior, senior Mozart year. Mozart teaches painting. Seriously, I know. So he. Or, uh, would, music, I should say. <laughs> Monet. So he yeah, would Someone's going to clip that. I'm dead. <laughs> Monet. Mozart teaches music. Sorry, continue. But yeah, no, he would drive up and teach a class. I mean, he's dedicated in helping the next generation of people coming up too. I just love that about him. I love that about his wife. They want to see people succeed and it's incredible. So to answer your question, yes, Dan is seriously one of the nicest, sure, one of the nicest media, but one of the nicest people, period. So he's he's incredible. What made Michigan State special? I'm going to get into the state stuff a little bit. You touched on yeah. it a little bit. I mean, you... Seemed to be like, you know, you wore green, you were mesmerized. I did, I had by, to. Right? You want to fit in. <laughs> you, want to, you want to fit on camera. Ben, we can skip the, the factoid stuff. I want to get into the Michigan State stuff. Like what, 
Why did you like it there, both from an educational standpoint, college experience? Like, why would you tell someone, assuming you would, maybe not, to go to Michigan State if they were particularly following in your field? Why is it a good place to, to go in the B? This might sound cliche, but it truly, for as big as that school is, 50,000 plus, I think it's still growing each and every year, truly does feel like a family. Like, even graduated now, I just feel that Spartan blood. Like, it's in me. I'm a Spartan dog for life, right? Like, it's so true. Like, I feel like that's not just a saying, it's actually a feeling. And I remember how excited I was as a high school senior. Like, I'm going to Michigan State. I was so proud that I was going to be living in East Lansing the next four years and rock the green and white. And I had quite a few family members that went there too. And um, I just, why I love Michigan State, big campus, big, you know, it, it, I mean, it's just, it's a big school, but it also feels small in a way too. So many, you know, clubs that are offered, the sports are amazing, the fan base, the town itself. I, it feels like such a true college town. I love that Grand River divides like, you know, you got your classes on one side and the actual downtown and like student living on the other. Yeah. Like, I, I oh, love it. Look at that. He's throwing up the. Oh, God. Run wait, that, go back. Run that side. Was, did I see Joanne up there, Ben? Did you include Joanne that in that? Is, I'm not in that picture, but I don't. <laughs> no, no, no. This isn't of you. This is like the J school. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's another part. I'll, well, we can talk about the J school because look at that newsroom. It's unbelievable. Is that that's not legit. incredible? That got finished my freshman year. Seriously, they finished so much cool the shit the second I, know, I left. Dude, I swear you to God, graduated so early. It was great doing? when I was there too, but I mean, my God, yes, that's that right there, my home. You and me both, com arts. That's like seventy five percent of my classes oh, were. Oh, it's uh, Brianna. I went. To, I had some classes with her. There's Joanne. Yeah, there you go. I thought I saw her in my peripheral. I was like, yeah, that was her. Wonderful human being, amazing journalist. Yep. Yeah. God. So that newsroom right there too. I mean, that got finished my freshman year, and it was just incredible to like walk to class in the morning and like see the construction going on. And LA and Joanne were were both hyping it up so much. Like, wait till you see it when it's finished. It's gonna be awesome. And it so was. I ended up having a ton of classes in there, sitting at that anchor desk, getting reps and. It just the fact that they provided that for us students. I mean, that newsroom is probably nicer than some newsrooms out there, like actual newsrooms. I mean, it was just the fact that they want to see us be so successful. That's another part of Michigan State, too. Like they're giving you the resources to go be who you want to be. And I've, I mean, I wouldn't be who I am without the education and the people that I was around there and the experiences that I had. Like, you have so much growth in college, and I feel like Michigan State is just such a good place to go through all of that. Like, just, again, I feel like I know I'm rambling, but it's like the town, the education, the sports, like, just all of it. It just, it, you feel comfortable. Like, so, I don't know. There's not enough good things I could say about I, it. You right? can ramble I can all you want with Michigan I, State stuff, I love yeah. Michigan State. Like, I bleed green and white. And, you know, it's funny. I can't believe I've, I'm admitting this here. But U of M was always my dream school growing up. Oh. I know. Well, you were again, a Milford girl, right? That's what Milford, I read. yes. Yeah. But, again, there comes my dad's influence with the sports stuff. So his side of the family are U of M people. My mom's was more Michigan State. So – kind of a house divided in a sense. So, you know, what what dad watched, I was watching. So it was like Lions football, U of M football. But, you know, as I got through high school and just realized kind of what I wanted to do, it was like, well, Michigan State, I've heard about their awesome J school. I mean, that's seriously why I 
decided to go there was because of the journalism school and just my cousins went there. And so I, I finally got influenced and I'm so glad that I went that route because I just I can't imagine just how how different life would be, I guess, if I ended up going to U of M. I didn't even end up applying, but that was just always kind of what, what I. what you're doing, <laughs> yeah. it would be insane to go there. And right. Michigan's a great school for all our oh, bodies. It's fan- yes, it's a fantastic school. A million good reasons to go there but yes. for what you're doing you'd be kind of crazy like they don't even have what we have right yeah. that was the other part they don't have a journalism no, school they just don't um so i, I think i would have had to do some sort of communications route i you know i don't know exactly i what they have maybe th- things have changed now but at least when i was looking um to apply to different schools it was like michigan state was just duh this is this is what you got to go do and i'm just i'm so glad that i did i met so many great people Look at us chatting here, yeah, right? They, well, they don't have the newsroom. They don't have L.A. Dickerson. I mean, come right. on. I, it's no no offense, no disrespect, but for what you're doing, if you're right. going to be a number, if you're going to be a lawyer, either school is great, you yeah. know, probably equally great, you know, maybe Michigan one, sure. 1% better. But for what you're doing, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Do you still have, like, your two seconds before they point to you or they say action or whatever they say before ballet goes live? Do you still have like a butterfly thing at all? Or was that never there for you? What is that like for you? Yeah, every time. Even now? Dude, even coming in here, I get butterfly. Like Here? Yeah, I don't, just, it's anytime I go on camera, but I think it's a good thing. I just, I care about doing a good job. I'm I'm so passionate, passionate about what I do. And I just, I always want to, you know, impress and, and be confident in what I'm saying and do a good job. And I think with that comes a lot of nerves and just, Kind of thinking, okay, what's what's coming next? What are you going to say? So, yeah, every time the red light comes on, oh, yeah, get the butterflies in the stomach, heart drops a little bit, mini panic attack maybe. <laughs> no, not actually. But I, I feel a little bit of an adrenaline rush. But that, I think, helps me almost. Like, you know, you go live, you can't mess up. You just say what say what's on your mind and you can't you can't go back you know i don't know i kind of i like it though i live by that feeling you can use that yes and if you don't like that feeling i don't know if you can be in this business very long like i don't know you just kind of i've had to learn to like channel that feeling and be like all right just go with it and i feel like that almost helps me during like my on-camera hits you come off so natural though that's like (laughs) you know you don't get the sense uh watching you that you're like up there a nervous wreck by any means. Maybe it's more of a healthy nerves, yeah. but yeah. My parents tell me the same thing. Like, they'll be like, how did tonight go? And I'm like, God, could you tell how nervous I was? They're like, literally not at all. And as your parents, they're going to always be honest with you if you did something wrong or something didn't look good. They're like, no, you literally looked like it was just, it was all good. So comfortable. And I'm like, I was literally like, if you sucked, I would not invite you on. I hate that. If you sucked, I would not invite you on. Like, all our guests are awesome. You know, it's, just saying, like, if you were not really good, we would not invite you on. But, you know, that's I'm always amazed by that. And like Frank Sinatra did an interview. I think he was end of a career for sure, like late in life because he performed almost to the end. But I think he was like 77 or something. And the interviewer asked him, you know, like, hey, is it still hard going up there? He said every time he said, I've been performing over 50 years. Right when the curtain goes up, I'm about to hit the stage. He's still got that even then. And I say, you know, Frank Sinatra got like that, then it's okay if you are <laughs> a little bit too, but you could channel it in a good way. But so did, did the reps at Michigan State help you in that regard? Yeah. Like just getting those live reps and those camera reps? For sure. And well, in college, I was even more nervous. I had so many moments where I just, it, it was like, can I do this? Like I used to get so in my head and so nervous that 
I would mess up on camera. And, you know, college is the time to do that. That's when you are getting those reps and getting the practice in. But I had a job for three of my four years there working for Big Ten Network Student U, which is such an awesome program there. Basically, it's a group of students in, I guess, the com art school, media school. So it was a mix of journalism kids, production kids, um, all coming together to put together broadcasts for the sports at Michigan State. So it's pretty much any besides football and men's basketball, we would broadcast women's basketball, hockey, baseball, soccer, you know, whatever it may be, softball, whatever it may be. And, you know, our mic flag said Big Ten Network like it was legit. Like we would be on camera like there would be camera people, replay, graphics, like a whole production team. So I did get a lot of my reps doing that job my sophomore, junior and senior year. Um, but even then, like I was always so nervous, like you just kind of learned on the fly, like your first reps ever being on camera. Whew. I, I, I would laugh probably going back to watch some of those. I don't know where those live right now. It's deep in my laptop uh, somewhere. Uh, there's some on YouTube know. out there, you know, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, are you about no, to No, no, no. Well, I'm going to play one, but not, uh, not from the deep archive. This, you're very polished in this one. And this is our last clip before our speed round. Okay. But this is more of a pet <laughs> thing. I got to say. My number one dream guest since I was a student at Michigan State, since I was Ooh. like, couldn't even drink. Should yet. I guess? Yeah. Should. Someone I've interviewed that's your dream guest? Yes. And it makes me insanely envious of you that you've gotten them on camera and I haven't. Barry Sanders. Ooh, really good one. He's in my top 10, but no. Michigan the, State. Me, oh, this is Michigan State? Yeah. The, come on, the goat. The, the, Tom? Tom. You haven't gotten Tom in here? Did you, did you, did you hear that tone, the judgment <laughs> in that tone? Tom has been invited. I love Tom. Oh, I would love if he came on your show. You've probably interviewed him 10 times. But <laughs> play the, Ben, play this. Just to, I mean, this is a, a great little clip of you. This was from last year's Rocket Mortgage Classic. I think you were there this year. I was, and I, I grabbed him you. again. I oh, saw you. you. I, I was there, but that's a whole other story. Okay. I saw you, but you were literally like on camera doing a thing yeah. when I saw you. I'm like, I'll just leave it alone. But uh, Ben, can you roll that? This is last year's little shindig with Tom Izzo. You're going home a winner today. You got a nice victory bell. I mean, how's that Pretty feel? Pretty good. Huh? You want to steal this thing, I bet, right? I might have to. I don't know. I'm going to keep it. But uh, I didn't play very well today, but I made one putt. That one putt maybe could have been the winning putt, so I'm going to take advantage of that. What gets you more fired up? When the team comes out flat from the start or you get a bogey out here? <laughs> when the team comes up flat from the start, which happens once in a while, the bogeys don't bother me because... Uh, in fact, I'm kind of a bogey golfer, so I look at a bogey as a par for me. So, But uh, I think uh, I'll keep all my stuff to the team, and what I do out here will be enjoyable and fun, and, and especially when it's charity-driven. And Yeah, so you got him again this year. I love that he won the thing twice he in did. a row. <laughs> yeah, he he won this year, too. I told him he better go for the three-peat next year. Him and Barry were, like, going at it. Oh, That's I know. I, got I, I was there. I was a caddy, but yeah, I was there. <laughs> yeah, I was. I got a picture with Barry and I, ta I talked to Tom. We got a picture with Tom and Tom knows who I am. Tom watched the entire episode nine days before that. The Rocket Mortgage Classic this year. I had Steven Izzo on in the chair that you're oh, sitting you in. Oh, you did have Steven? So, I love that guy. He's, he's one awesome. of the nicest people ever. He was yep. he's so unassuming and down to earth. You would never know he came from this, you know, wealthy, royal Michigan State family. But so I, I go up to Tom and I, I was going to, yeah, I met him a couple of times, but I went to introduce myself in quotation marks and say hi at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. He goes, oh, come here, man. I know who you are. I've, I've watched your show. I was like, oh, my God. Tom. <laughs> oh, Tom. I love you, Tom. And I said, you know, I just had your son on like a week, week and a half ago. 
I know I wasn't going to miss that when I watched the whole thing. He goes, I liked I liked most of it. I liked most of it. <laughs> I've, I've tried to think, oh, I'm pretty sure I know which part he didn't like. I'll tell you later after, you know, what that was. Yeah. But And I'm like, please, Tom, I've been trying for, for years. Nothing. But the reason I want to ask you about him is I have been told he is, which is much to my maybe chagrin, he is the most media-friendly coach in the state of Michigan by reputation. Jack Abilene has told me that. I've heard that from Tony Paul from the Detroit News, good friend of mine. Most media-friendly, accessible coach. In your experience, I know, you know you're still relatively new in your career, but has he been one of the more accessible coach-slash-manager-slash-executive type figures in your career so far? Absolutely. He is also one of my favorite people, just period. I know Dan Dickerson, I said, was one of them earlier. Tom Izzo, man. And that even started as a student. He's even he's so friendly even to us students that are sitting in the press conference room, so nervous to speak up and ask a question. Like it's intimidating to have a guy like that, the goat, like he's the man <laughs> sitting in front of you. Like it's scary to raise your hand and ask for the microphone and want to ask him a question after the game. But he will look at you and answer you the same way he'd answer a 20 year vet that's been covering the MSU beat. And that's what I love about him. There's no ego. He'll tell you like it is. And if the team sucks, that's the first thing he says coming into the press conference. He's like, we came out flat. Like, just what I asked him, I'm like, do you get more mad if they come out flat? You know, like that drives him nuts. And he's not afraid to just go up there and, and say how he feels. He won't get mad at you when you ask a question. Like, I, I love that about him. And then just even outside of basketball, he's just a good dude. Like, you can just see, like, at, at events like this, the Rocket Mortgage Classic, or he's out in the community, or just even like coaching his guys. You, I don't think you've ever heard an MSU basketball alum ever say like, "I didn't like playing for Coach Izzo." Everyone loves that man. I love that man. He's one of my favorite people I've ever interviewed, spoken with, and he's so friendly to the media. And and you don't forget that either. You know, like you just you think of these coaches that maybe say certain things or whatever. And I've been lucky, like you said, I'm so new in this. I haven't. I haven't dealt with any of that. I've I've truthfully loved everyone that I've been able to meet and talk with. I haven't had a bad experience, but Tom's definitely up there for people that are there. He's high on my list. For I love sure. him. I'm just... so jealous. You've had multiple interviews. <laughs> now, granted, I'm asking him for a lot. I'm asking him to like come here yeah. and sit with me for an hour, which my ask is a little higher probably. But still, it's just been that's been my guy for so long. And mm -hmm. I'm such a fan of his. And I mean, he's my number yes. one. I would rather have him than the president. Like, I mean, there's yep. not my number one, like in the sports scene, local, like number one in the world. If yeah. I could put anybody in the chair, like it's Tom Izzo. I just I love that guy so much. And I don't he is. You said it like his players swear by him. Yeah. I don't know if you were aware because uh, I know, you, you know, you had kind of different duties, different focus. But when there was the the moment where um, I can't remember what game it was this year where Tom Izzo is sitting with A.J. Holgard on the bench and they had this kind of viral moment where A.J.'s looking off. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yes, I do. I had A.J. with Tyson Walker on my show shortly after. Mm -hmm. And I told you know, I, and I told you the same thing. Like, if there's ever going to be an awkward topic, I tell the guests, I don't tell them everything I'm going to go into, but like, hey, is it okay if I get into this? Because I don't want to ambush anybody. I don't think that's fair. You know, people are coming into my house. I don't want to ambush them. But I, I said, A.J., you know, is it cool if I talk about the body language stuff in that moment on the sideline, all that stuff? He goes, oh, yeah, coach my guy. Coach my, he's my guy. That's my guy. And I said, so there's no awkwardness. This is off camera. I'm like, no. I said, this is, it's not like awkward for you if I talk about that. No, no. This is my guy. That's my guy. Like he, he just, and everyone out there is like, oh, 
they have this toxic relationship and they're at each other's throats. AJ off camera was like, no, I love him. Just And that's the guy that supposedly the one guy that he might have an issue with swore by him. And that's been the pattern over and over again. Everybody loves him. They do. It's never it's never toxic. Oh, my gosh. Tom's like the biggest family guy. Teddy bear. It's all out of love. It's because he loves the game of basketball. That's why he's still in it all these years later. And he loves each and every one of his players, whether you're a walk on or you're the star of the team. And that that's what I appreciate about him, too. Like it's he wants you to be better. He wants to push you. I remember there was a moment when I was in school with Aaron Henry. Wasn't it during the tournament? When do you remember that? With when Tom kind of got after him a little bit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that, I mean, I'm trying to remember what moment that, that was. Yeah, that, that was that was in, that was in the tournament. Yeah. Right. And then Gabe Brown was the next year. But yeah, Aaron yeah. Henry was like the original coming to the sideline, you know, yelling at him. Yelling and, at him. Yeah. And yeah. I, so I remember that moment during school and people talking about it. And then, yeah, with A.J. Hogard this past season. And it's like, you know, I guess maybe because I'm an alum and I kind of know how he rolls. Maybe someone on the outside wouldn't understand. Like we get it. Like we just, we know how Tom operates, but it's just, it's out of love. That's what I love about him. There's no, like it's, I feel like, like AJ was so cool about it talking about it with you openly because he knows like, okay, it was just a moment. And AJ probably admitted, I probably needed to get yelled at, you know, like Tom, Tom knows best, right? Like Tom's right. You know, like, so I feel like, uh, yeah, I, seeing Tom get like that on the sidelines too, get all fired up. It's kind of like that's another thing I think people love about him when he gets all into it. That's part of his persona. That's what makes Izzo Izzo. So outside of the walls, people are always aghast at this stuff. And yeah, you you see all the ones like you know Draymond always comes out, and you I mean take your pick. Jason Richardson has come out. Anytime there's one of these semi-viral the viral moments where Tom's yelling at somebody. All the alums come out like, there we go. Another day at East Lansing <laughs> yeah. or like another day with coach and, you know, the brotherhood or whatever. It's like, here we go. It's all like, all right. And you can never find the player, even five years after the fact, right after the fact, that's like, oh, yeah, this is BS. Or, and you get those toxic, you know, sort of feedbacks or even if it's sort of cryptic and passive aggressive all the time in other programs. I won't name names like, you know, Penny Hardaway, but you, it's like former players will come out and just, you know kind of take shots at them or they'll roll their eyes or say no comment. The Michigan State guys, they laugh. It's not just, oh, it's no big deal. They, they're they like, no, nah, we're good. Like they, They're like, wait, you guys are upset about this? Who cares? Like these are the purported victims of the targeted, you know, screaming and harassment. So I just think people don't get it if you're not in that bubble, right? Yeah, I. it probably is hard to understand, I guess, if you're not a follower of MSU. Oh, I get or, it. You know, yeah. I get it. I really do. Yeah. I So... I feel like, yeah, there's always going to be people from the outside looking in that are like, gosh, Tom's this and that. But he's so not that way. Seriously, he's just he's just the best dude. No player has ever said a bad thing about him. I'm sure even if you are the player in that moment getting yelled at, like you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, AJ might be turned the other way or whatever, but it's like you he knows Tom was telling them the right thing to do. And I'm sure after the game, there's a big hug and it's it's all good. We move on to the next day. Like, that's just that's who Tom is. And I just I just appreciate him. Like whenever I see him, he's always giving me a hug, asking me how I'm doing. That's how he is with his players. And that's why they love him to this day. And that's why he's going down as a freaking legend. Even love the guys, even the guys that leave love him. I talked to oh, Corey yeah. Lucius, who transferred, it had nothing to do with Tom. Like he loved yeah. Tom. Uh, Garrick Sherman transferred, ended up going to Notre Dame. Nothing to do with Tom. It was just a situational thing with the roster. He wasn't like 
shitting on Izzo out the door or, you know, after he got out of here, even the guys that leave that transfer for their own, you know, personal benefit in this situation with playing time or whatever, they still swear by him. I cannot find, maybe there's, maybe someday no one will say a bad word about that guy. It's no. just, it's, that's almost like weird. It's almost right. impossible. Even like if the guy didn't do anything wrong, somebody's got to not like you. Right. I've never seen it. Never. He does things the right way. And I think that's what's key about him. He goes about his business the right way. He's a good person. He's an unbelievable coach. Loves people. Loves that school. Yes. I mean, just, he's just, uh, yeah. You, I just, I love him. I just love him. I love you, Tom. Now, when, <laughs> I love when, you, Tom. When, right before you do your 17th interview with him, please, you know, put in a good word. Tom. I was nice. going to say, when he three-peats next year yeah. at the Rocket Mortgage yeah. Classic, I'll tell him to come your yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I can wait a year. I need, I need him earlier than that. All right, let's get to the speed route, then we'll get you out of here. You're, you've been very patient with my nonsense. So no, that's we'll, okay. Dude, I'll talk MSU all day, just uh, like you will. I'm with you. I'm with you. Duo right here. We'll, we'll get you out of here after this. Speed round, Ben. Let's run it. All right, we'll try to keep it 30 seconds or less for all these. You oh, can geez. go as long, as short as you want up to that. Okay. We'll start here. Your nicest Bally Sports Detroit coworker. It can be on camera, off camera. doesn't matter. Oh, God. Uh, this is so quick. Okay, Johnny Kane. He's like my older brother, my bestie. But everyone's nice. This is hard. Every <laughs> One of the very nice people there. We'll yes, rephrase it. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. Next one. Coolest Detroit Tiger. Like, it's the best hang. Like, you'd want to hang out with them for an hour. Ooh. Alex Lang has just got so much swag. He's just cool like, guy. yeah, he's just a cool dude. I, yeah. I'd, I'd say Lang. Alex Lang. Yeah. Okay. Coolest Detroit Piston. Ooh. Uh, Isaiah Livers. He's, he's I know I'm I know I bring up a Michigan game, dude dude yeah. he's awesome he he's but Cade Cunningham too this is hard is Cade cool Cade's awesome he's kind of, he's reserved a little bit but like you get to know him and he's just he's a good dude I'm excited that he's fully healthy back this year yeah. sorry okay we'll keep going knock on wood no okay. you're good you're good you, yeah you're good we want a little color too that's yeah, fine yeah. so best Michigan State bar. Like you're going out like your senior year. This is bringing back memories. The Riv Thursday mornings and Saturday. <laughs> it does mornings. not have to be the Riv. That was for the purpose uh, of the photo. But. Harpers. Harpers. I don't think anybody's ever said Harpers. What are What are the answers? It, well, it depends. Don't give me Ricks. Depends. On, some people have said oh Ricks. My God. Uh, we've heard Dublin a lot. We've Fieldhouse. Heard, we've heard. Uh, well. Fieldhouse wasn't there when like half of my guests have been on here for the question, honestly. That's still like relatively new. A lot of people say crunchies, a lot of people say peanut barrel, but these are older people in a lot of these cases. Yeah, I was gonna say those aren't the hot spots. When you yeah. go there for your burger, your karaoke. Harper's your is good. I'm not anti-Harper's, believe me. I'm just you're, I'm just saying matter of fact, you're the first person to answer. All right, that. I'll be the first. I liked Harper's. Okay. Yeah, nothing wrong with Harper's at all. <laughs> Speaking of Michigan State fun stuff, your MSU tailgating spot, like were you tennis courts, were you stadium lot, like where was your spot for uh, a big game? If I say frat houses, will I get judged? No. Frat houses or, mm, yeah, I would say um, over by the tennis courts, yeah, like sometimes my parents would be over there with friends and I'd stop by before going in or just the lots right outside IM West too. I kind of- Real good spot. Trailed between, yeah, start at the frat house in the morning, then meet with the rents and the fam afterwards. So you're a traveler. Absolutely. I was See, getting I'm my not. steps in every step. Uh, I like morning. one spot. I'm either <laughs> one? Like hosting one okay. and I can't leave because, you know, people will raid my stash or I, I just like posting up. Like I maybe I a hunt too. You're a traveler though. I, I am a 
very well traveled on Saturday mornings that's, in East Lansing. That's fair. That's fair. It's you, all right. Uh, you, you're towing like many ponds and stuff. Most of my friends are like that too. Yeah. I, I, I'll try to get a head count for the tailgate and it's like, well, it's 137, but never more than like 12 at a time. Like, right. It's just like right. this constant <laughs> yeah. like cycle. Um, anyway, we'll finish here. So this is a graphic I put out with Matt Sheehan. I don't know if you're familiar with Matt Sheehan's work, Michigan State alum and media figure. So this is our joint list that we put together. He helped Ooh. me with this. So this is my power ranking, best days in East Lansing. I put welcome week number one, Halloween second. Shout out to my wife, who's Sarah Palin in that. That's from our, <laughs> She's a Michigan State grad. That's from our days. Uh, the first warm day after winter, we had ranked third. St. Patrick's Day, we had ranked fourth. And the aforementioned big game tailgate ranked fifth. I, is this list good? What would your best day in East Lansing be? Is it like, Do you agree with us that? Sort of if you take welcome week as one day, is that your number one? What do you take? Oh and you can go off board. You don't it doesn't have to be one of the five. I know. Oh gosh. I mean, this is a fantastic list. Thank you. Sheehan and I did a, a yeah, terrific I job. I mean, you guys, you I think you nailed you nailed the list. I'm trying to think of the order here. For me, you know, of course this is gonna be different for everybody. Everyone's got different experiences. Maybe it changes year to year. St. Patrick's Day might be a little higher for me than four. You got to move St. Patty's up. Uh, that was a comment. She and Irish. That? So yeah, I think he wanted it like second at least. But I almost said second. Halloween is fun, especially my last couple of years. The U of M game always fell on that weekend. Yes. And it was like, all right, we're getting double. We're getting the big game tailgate and Halloween in one. Like you could almost put those together. Um, ah, oh, geez. I mean. I, I'm not going to go away from your list. I do like this order. If anything, maybe mm, you're moving like St. Patrick's Day four or sorry, three and then first warm day to four. Maybe just swapping those. But guys. do you have welcome week number one, though? Like, is that like everyone's back up there for the first time? Yeah, you know what? No responsibilities. Yeah. You're, you're just syllabus. Week. You're go yep. Syllabus week. You're maybe going to a class if you have to. But you're just you're just walking around town. Going by any house parties you see, like maybe hitting up the bar. You're going to like the, I don't know, they have all those like welcome festivals with like clubs and free food. Like you're like, oh, free Chipotle, I'm there. Like <laughs> Weather's <laughs> like, beautiful weather's still. Awesome. Yeah. I know. I, you can see the, the kids in that picture are just living it up. Like yeah. shorts, tank tops, like. And then, yeah, I guess we'll go down the list. And then Halloween's awesome because it's like a three-day weekend. Like you're starting sometimes maybe on Thursday, <laughs> Friday, Saturday. We're just really good at costumes too at Michigan State. We like, are. We're just clever. You, I mean, we just are. I had some – I'm trying to think I had some – did I have any creative ones? I might have just done the typical like cat. Like I, I can't really – Well, you get all the typical like, like the mean typical girls ones, like – like stuff that's all part of it too but there are some like really clever ones that you see every year out there. there are and then i have to say too the first warm day after winter everyone just rejoices like yeah. i just remember like the porch parties start happening oh, again yeah. like you go outside and you're like wow there's actually a sign of life <laughs> like people yeah. are playing like the beer pong and beer dies a new big Thing that started happening, I guess, towards the end of my time at MSU, too. But just everyone in their front yards just having fun, smiling. And that's when you knew, like, all right, spring is here. It's good. And then St. Patrick's Day rolls around. I mean, it's just it's a good time all the time. It Michigan really State's is. Wonderful. Right? Like, it's just always a great time. Come to East Lansing <laughs> if you're considering a wonderful college experience. I think you have two people right here that just 
we're just beaming with pride we will give and you success. All the info that you need <laughs> yeah. to know, and we turned out all right. Yeah, L.A. Dickerson's but, up there. That's like the number one pitch actually for me. But the, those five days, <laughs> you get those too. But yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Natalie Kerwin, great job by you. High expectations coming in, and you certainly met them, if uh, if not surpassed them. You're awesome. Aw, thank you. I'm a big fan of yours. I was so proud. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's the girl I saw at the Michigan State stuff in the Comarts, and you were on a tweet from their page a couple years ago. I'm like, it is her. It's the same girl. Aww. Michigan State people are the best. You're awesome. Really enjoying your career so far, and this, this town's really going to start picking up really soon, and you're in it. It's just awesome. I'm happy for you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to talk to you and just – all sorts of topics, MSU and just the Detroit stuff now. And I am so excited just to see all of our teams flourish. I've, I'm manifesting it. I'm positive about it. And that's how you got to be, right? I mean, you just, you're seeing these teams rebuild and it's going to be so much freaking fun when all of them are finding their success here soon. So we're on the doorstep. Yes. Natalie Kerr, great <laughs> job. Ben, Thank great you. job by you. Eric, great job. Bravo as always. Natalie Kerr on Screw Avenue Show. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye.